Merry Christmas. Uh, it's good to see everyone. This is just, uh, I, I'm imagining for you that, um, that life right now is as weird for you as it is for me and my family. Um, uh, our church is normally much more decorated for the holidays than it is right now, but our normal decorating team got COVID the weekend that they were supposed to do the decorating. So the, the, the two Christmas decorations... You have me and Jay McMorris to thank for. Um, and that's what you get when Jay and, uh, and Daddy McMorris are the ones uh, responsible for the decorations um, at, uh, at church. Um, I just thought, man, we've got to have something. We've got to have a little something. And so there, there's a little something. Um, our family was planning on traveling for the holidays, and that got shut down. Uh, we were holding that pretty lo- loosely to begin with. We knew that that was definitely a possibility. Um, Families are trying to figure out, right? I've talked to other families, you know, it, who are making game time decisions on we're, we're planning to go and visit our in-laws or our parents, but it's going to be a last minute game time decision. How big of a crowd are we supposed to have? Am I supposed to wear a mask when I go to my mom's house? I mean, there's just all sorts of crazy questions and weird experiences that we're walking through together right now. And none of us have done it before. Um, and, uh, and yet God is faithful. Uh, my mom got coronavirus this week. My mom and my sister um, both have coronavirus this week. And so, you know, it, every day you're calling to check in, how's mom, you know, how, you know how, how's, how's everybody doing? My dad trying to take care of my mom is even scarier than my mom actually having coronavirus. Um, and if dad watches this, he would say aloud, amen, I know, um, to that. Uh, and brothers and sisters, so as, as we are navigating these these days and weeks and months together, I know that many of you are weary. Um, and it's a weariness that might be kind of hard to put your finger on or, a, or a, um, an anxiety, a, a fear, a pressure that you might think, I'm not exactly sure how to describe how I'm feeling about all of this other than to say, I, I'm, I'm anxious, I'm fearful, I'm tired, I'm worried. And... Um, and brothers and sisters, what, what you are seeing is the reality of life in a broken world. For some people, this time of year is challenging, period. Forget about coronavirus. Forget about the craziness of 2020 and the, you know, the, the, the strange political year it's been or the strange um, health uh, year that it's been. Um, but, but the holidays can be really challenging for a lot of people. A, a dear friend of mine uh, from about the middle of November to the middle of January, just really struggles. There, there's just a lot of brokenness in his family and in his life, throughout his life, and the holidays were the worst of all of that. The worst of the challenges, the worst of the abuse happened in these months, and he doesn't enjoy them. And I have a feeling there may be some in this room like that as well. What I want to remind us of this morning is, while we don't know exactly when Jesus was born, is December 25th the day that Christ was born? More than likely, no. That wasn't the birthday of our Savior, King Jesus. But I do think even um, even though we would agree that it probably wasn't December 25th, that what we're celebrating, what we're stopping to commemorate right now is actually really important. And this morning, we're going to look in Acts chapter 20, verse 35. I can't, did I already tell you the chapter and verse? Acts chapter 20, verse 35. And though we're well ahead of Acts chapter 20 as we're working through the book of Acts, I wanted to jump back into Acts chapter 20, verse 35, and to read something that Paul, as he's preaching to the pastors there in Ephesus, he quotes Jesus 
And it's a quotation that gets thrown out a lot this time of year. And if we're, if we're, not, um, if we're not careful, we might think that this is some kind of like Christmas slogan, right? That Paul was maybe giving a, a Christmas homily and he quotes Jesus. It's not exactly what's going on here. In Acts chapter 20, verse 35, it says this, In all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of our Lord Jesus, how he himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And this morning I want us to look at that phrase and think about it together here a little bit this morning, about the blessing that it is of giving, and that it is more blessed for you to give than to receive. And brothers and sisters, you are more blessed because God gave. Because of the greatest gift that we're celebrating here this morning, um, we are deeply blessed. Father, I pray that you would now uh, use your word in uh, the lives and the hearts of all of us this morning. Father, I feel like um, all of us, and I would put myself at the top of the list here this morning, Father, we, we need you to come and speak to us and comfort us and strengthen us through your word this morning. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So a lot of things are different this year, but I think one of the things that is going to m remain the same is that on December 25th, we're going to celebrate Christmas together. And one of the most common expressions of Christmas is the, the, the tradition of giving and receiving gifts, right? I already talked with the kids this morning about the presents that they have under the tree. And I know that even though kids really look forward to that, that many of you adults are equally excited about one or two boxes that are under the tree that you just hope might just be that, whatever that thing is that you're looking forward to. And I want to tell you that, that that's actually okay. I want, I want to take, a, I think sometimes we think, oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm materialistic or I'm, you know, I'm not really celebrating the birth of Jesus if I'm looking forward to a gift. Actually, God made us to love giving and receiving gifts. We're going to talk about that a little bit more in just a moment, the joy of receiving gifts. Maybe this year, though, you did more online shopping than usual, but you're probably planning on giving some gifts and you're probably hoping to receive some gifts. I, uh, I, I've been looking forward to giving a certain gift to Angie. And I ordered it probably a week and a half ago. And then like four days ago, I realized that it was coming from China. And I'm like, man, I hope we get it before next Christmas. Like, how long does it take to get? So anyway, I told her, I said, babe, I, I'm sorry. Like, I actually <laughs> don't know that the gift that I bought you for Christmas is going to be here for Christmas. I don't know how I missed that. Um, but yeah, it's coming from China. We like giving and receiving gifts. And today's passage gets quoted a lot this time of year. But I want you to notice something. What, what Paul and some of your Bibles may even have the words of Jesus here in red. Paul's actually not referring specifically to Christmas time. He's not re um, referring specifically even to the idea of giving uh, presents one to another. He's preaching to preachers and he's telling them, look, you need to live a life of self-sacrificing giving to others. And remember that Jesus himself said that it's better to give than to receive. And I think what, <coughs> what Paul is doing here is he's actually using a quotation of Jesus to to make a point to the pastors in this pastor's conference. And I think, brothers and sisters, that we can take this truth that Jesus spoke at some point in his earthly ministry 
And we too can take this truth and apply it to what we're experiencing right now during Christmas time. Here's the main point this morning. It is a blessing to give and receive, but giving is more blessed. It is a blessing to give and receive, but giving is even more blessed. And point number one this morning, I want us to consider the spirit of giving. And I think it's important that we think biblically about giving and not in a worldly fashion about giving. The Bible would teach us a lot of things about gifts and about giving. And there are other voices in our heads right now that would teach you about gifts and about giving, right? Almost every commercial in between any show that you watch right now is going to be an advertisement for something that you didn't know existed, but now you realize you need Right? This is the problem. This, the joke amongst some of my friends is when we go to Cabela's or Bass Pro Shops, right? you go in there not even knowing that that item existed in the world. You had no idea that that thing was even a thing. And as soon as you see it, you realize, I don't just kind of want that. I, I need that thing. I, I have to have it. I can't leave this store without it, right? Now, maybe there are other stores that do that kind of thing for you, but there are a lot of, there are a lot of voices, right? Um, buy this whatever for the low monthly price of $15 per month, right? And you think, well, man, that's an awesome thing, and I can totally afford $15 a month, right, for the rest of your life, right? It, you're going to be paying $15 a month for this thing. And what that advertisement there is doing, that magazine, whatever, you know, wherever you see, you know, you can't scroll through Facebook or Instagram without being accosted. In fact, that's where I found Angie's gift, uh, was a, a Instagram advertisement. I thought, ah, I don't fall for those sorts of things. And then I fell for it. Um, and, uh, and so, like, voices like that are telling you, you know, don't worry about the financials. Like, we can spread this out in such a small monthly payment that it, if you won't even notice it, right? A couple trips to the coffee shop, and, and I mean, that's, that's all that we're really talking about here. So there are voices in our heads that are teaching us about giving, and I want us, brothers and sisters, to look into the Scriptures and realize that there, there, the Bible teaches us a lot about giving. It's good to have a good theology of giving. When you give, when you give with the very purest motives you actually seeking to show love to someone else, right? And that's one of the reasons why we fuss over the kind of gift that we're going to give. I want to give them just the right thing. And some of you, like me, have bought something for a gift and then given it as a gift. And almost as soon as the person opens it, you realize, no, that, that, like, that, that, wasn't, that, that wasn't a very thoughtful gift idea. Once, one year for Angie's birthday, I gave her a book on, uh, I think it was like the history of American, um, I forget what the, I, I don't even remember what it was, but it was one of the, like as soon as she opened it, I was like, man, that was, like I feel awkward that she's opening that in my presence right now, right? So like we, but, but, but I wanted to give her something that was, you know, like unique and thoughtful and I, there was, it, it was a book that had to do with some interest that she had at the moment, something she wanted to read up and study up on and, but then I just remember thinking, yeah, you should, a book like that, you just buy and give. You don't like give it on your birthday wrapped up, right? Okay, there are a lot of things you could learn from me and like the, the way I did it wrong, the way, the, way I, um, the way I didn't handle 
gift-giving well. The Bible gives us a lot of examples of what it's like to give really well. Let me just start with the biggest and most obvious, right? John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave. This is one of the most beautiful passages, in my opinion, like John 3, 16 and Christmas just go like they are conjoined to each other. I, I, I don't know that I ever go through a Christmas season without thinking specifically about John 3.16. And I think sometimes we are quick to ignore John 3.16 because it's, it's like it's too popular, right? It's like it's everywhere. It's all over the place. And so we need something, we need something more theologically robust. We need a better verse than John 3.16 for Christmas. I don't know that we need a better verse than John 3.16 for Christmas. God in his, in his desire, in his interest, in his effort to show us the, the greatest expression of love ever, he gave a gift. You've been thinking about your husband or about your wife or about your kids, and you've been thinking, how can I show them that I understand them and I know them, and I've been listening to that hint over and over, like, I got it, I know what you want, but I found an even better version of it or a cheaper version of it, or I'm really going to, or I got the accessory that goes with the thing that you wanted, right? And so I'm going, to, I'm going to show you love by this gift. And God loved us and displayed his love for us by giving us a gift that wasn't just something that we wanted, and it wasn't even something that we knew we needed initially. God gave us his son. Christ was given as a gift from God. The Bible goes on to talk about the gifts that Christ himself was given by the wise men, right, who came to him not immediately at his birth, by the way. It would have been several years later. We can go into the details of that later. I don't want to destroy anyone's perfect little manger scene in their mind, but that's not exactly how it worked. But the Magi, these wise men did several years later bring these gifts to our Lord to, to show their value and appreciation of him. And really, that's kind of where the tradition of gift giving at Christmas for those of us who are uh, Christian, that's kind of where that, um, that tradition began for us. And, and it's a good thing, right? Here is Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior, and they're bringing gifts to him. And so at Christmas time, as we give gifts, why is it more blessed for us to give than to receive? Well, I think there are several reasons here. And again, we can support all of this with Scripture. But first of all, because Jesus said so, right? Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. But when you're giving, you are, you're sacrificing, which is showing how Christ gave, right? Jesus Christ gave as a sacrifice. You're displaying love, right? God so loved that he gave. And often you're acting in faith. You're, you Maybe you spent some money, right? There, what's, the, um, what's the old play about the lady who cuts her hair and sells it to buy a pocket watch chain, and the guy sells his pocket watch to buy combs for the lady's hair. Gift of the Magi? Is that what it is? Yes. Yeah. Do you know this story? Mo okay. A lot of you are, shake are nodding your heads, but if you're shaking your head, go read or look up the Gift of the Magi. It's a beautiful story about two people who give self-sacrificially for each other. They, and then, what's that? Henry who? Oh? Oh, cool. I didn't, even, I didn't know that. Okay, Henry O. wrote The Gift of the Magi. Um, go look it up. It really, it's, a, it's a short story, isn't it? I mean, it's not. A, you can read it in very, very easily in just one setting. Um, the Gift of the Magi. And here is, like, that, that's a beautiful display of sacrificial, generous, thoughtful, kind giving. And when we give, brothers and sisters, we should. We should give generously like Christ and intelligently like Christ. 
He knew our need even better than we did. We should give with great grace, just like Christ did. See, love isn't measured in giving things, but love can express itself through giving, right? If love was expressed purely based on the amount or the expense of a thing, then very few of us in this room are going to be particularly loving this Christmas, right? Because there's a lot of people who are going to give much, much more significant financial gifts, right? Like, you watch the commercials this time of year, and maybe there are a few of you in here who have done this before, but there aren't very many in this room who have done this, right? You watch the commercial, and on Christmas morning, right, it's, a, um, it's like a Chevy commercial. And the person gets up, and they look out in the drive. Oh, no, they open the little box under the tree. And what's in the little box? Yeah, keys. And, the, and then they look out in the driveway, and in the driveway is a beautiful new vehicle, right? And then the vehicle has what on top? A bow, right? I, I would love to know if anyone has ever given a brand new vehicle to someone else for Christmas. Don't raise your hand. Maybe it's happened, but most of us, Aren't giving, aren't giving gifts of that significant of a financial value. But brothers and sisters, we can express love even in the small gifts that we give and the, the, the thoughtfulness of them. Brothers and sisters, as Christians, as Christians, we should be the best gift givers around. And I don't mean the most thoughtful, but I just mean, uh, or excuse me, the, um, I don't mean that we give the most significant financial gifts or even that necessarily you always get it, you nail it just right in the gift that you give. But what I mean is this, as Christians, we know what the greatest gift is, and we can give to others with that informing our giving. That's why I, I always say Christians should be the, the best partiers in the world. And you're like, well, when, when I think of party, Jeremy, I don't think that's what you mean. Right, that's not what I mean. But we should know how to celebrate and feast and rejoice and party because we, ha- we know the king. We know the God of the universe. We, we, of all people, have every reason to celebrate and feast and rejoice. That's why I, I love uh, looking through the Old Testament, and you, you see these feasts that went on often for days, and there was lots of, of uh, taking a break from work and eating and drinking together. Like There was this, this uh, ability to, uh, to celebrate and feast in a way that others just don't understand, right? Like they, they take a good thing and then they're hung over the next day. That's, that's not wise, godly, festive partying. Brothers and sisters, we should know how to give. So the Bible informs us about a spirit of giving and the Bible also informs us regarding our spirit of receiving. So this passage that says it's better to give than to receive, it says that it's better to give than to receive. It doesn't say giving is good and receiving is bad. Okay, so you can breathe a sigh of relief right now. Like, if you're looking forward to receiving a gift this Christmas, that's good. That's okay. God has actually created you to desire gifts. In fact, when we come to understand the gift that God has offered us and the need that we have for it, that what happens when, when you came to put your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior is you wanted a gift. You came to the place in your life where you wanted to receive the gift from God. So this passage doesn't mean that there is no blessing in receiving. So we have to have a biblical understanding even, even in our receiving. If we place 
If we place too much importance on a gift, though, it will almost certainly make you dissatisfied. Have any of you ever got received a gift and almost immediately thought, oh, man, that's it? I, I thought this was going to make me a little happier. I thought it was going to be nicer. Or the thing that often happens to me and frustrates me is you get the thing and like it doesn't have the batteries included and it's Christmas Day and no place is open. You can't go buy batteries, right? My wife um, had received some Christmas money from someone and um, so she bought herself a new watch. This, like, the watch came, I think, yesterday, maybe the day before or yesterday. Um, and there's too many links in it. And so I have tried and worked and tried and tried to figure out, like, it's, it, it's supposed to be easy to take the links out. It's not easy to take the links out. Um, and so here, I'm frustrated with this gift. She's moderately frustrated. I think she was more frustrated with me being frustrated than with the, the gift itself. But like you get a new thing and you're all excited about it and then it doesn't fit. You can't, you can't wear it. It's not the right one. You hinted to your wife that you wanted this thing and she got the wrong color and now you think, ah, you know, I feel like a, a heel if I told her, you know, this is the wrong one. I want a different color, right? You know what it's like to receive a gift sometimes and to be frustrated by it. But brothers and sisters, that will happen more often when we think that the gift is the ultimate thing. We have to remember that the gift is actually an expression of the gift giver to you. We, we try to teach our kids these things, but we sometimes aren't very good at it ourselves. We want to teach our kids, now go say thank you, right, when they're opening their gifts at their birthday party, when they're opening their gifts at Christmas, right? Uncle so-and-so gave this to you. Uncle so-and-so's over there. Go tell him thank you, right? And the kid's just like looking at their toy. Thank you, Uncle. Right? And they're like, they're not, but we're, we're trying to teach them that this is the right way to respond, that what you do when you receive a gift is to give thanks to the person who gave it. We need to learn how to receive gifts wisely from the Scripture. We need to be thankful and loving toward the giver. It is good to write thank you notes to people who give you gifts. But brothers and sisters, the gift will never make you happier, and the gift will never make you more content than you are pre-gift. Think about that for a second. Philippians 4.11, I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. 1 Timothy 6.8, if we have food and clothing with these, we will be content. So here's the deal, friend. And kiddos, this is where you need to listen for a minute. If you aren't content right now, you won't be content on December 25th. You won't be content after opening the gifts that are under the tree. If you aren't content now, if you aren't satisfied now, if you aren't okay now, and you're anticipating a thing that you will get, and that thing will make me happy, that thing will make me content, I can promise you, absolutely promise you, that the thing won't make you content. I'm not saying you wouldn't enjoy the thing. There is an, there is an appropriate place to receive a gift and to love it and enjoy it and use it and be thankful for it and to really like the thing. But it won't make your heart content. You won't be content on December 25th. You won't be content a year from now. After you get married, after you make a certain amount of money, after you have the house of your dreams, after you have the wardrobe of your dreams, after you get the shotgun that you think, right, whatever, whatever the thing is for you, it actually won't make your heart content. 
because those things can't make you happy. They were never intended to. And if they were given to you as a gift, they were simply given to be an expression of the gift giver's love for you. So when you have a gift put in your hands by someone, you open a gift under a tree, someone sends you um, uh, a card with a, um, uh, an Amazon gift card in it or something like that. When you hold that thing in your hands, brothers and sisters, here's a way to remember, don't look at the thing. Look at the one who gave you the gift. That's where you will find joy and pleasure and love, not in the thing itself to remember that this gift is imperfect. It is probably going to end up in the landfill sooner rather than later. This is not going to last forever. But it was given to me as an expression of love from someone. That is what will bring some measure of joy and love into your life. So we need to be thoughtful about the spirit of giving, and we need to be thoughtful about the spirit of receiving. And then you can probably anticipate how I'll, how I'll end this this morning. I want to think for a moment about the greatest gift given by the greatest gift giver. So number three, you could write the greatest gift given by the greatest gift giver, or you could just write the greatest gift. Number three, the greatest gift. Brothers and sisters, the greatest blessing to mankind was the gift of Jesus. For the kids in here this morning, they're anticipating uh, something under the tree that's wrapped up. That that's what they're excited about. That's what they're fired up right now. But if you're, I don't know, 12 years old, 15 years old, maybe even 18 years old and older, there are other things that you're hopeful for right now and through this holiday season. You're, you're hopeful for that family relations will operate a certain way. You're hopeful that a, uh, a health diagnosis for you or a loved one will prove a certain way. You're hopeful that financially you'll be able to survive the spending you just did over the last two weeks. Right? There, there, are a lot of, there are a lot of things that we are hopeful for right now. Brothers and sisters, the gift that God gave through sending his son Jesus, that's the gift that answers all of our hopes and all of our anxieties and all of our fears. So when we, when we think about Jesus coming and being born in a manger, that's, that's a warm-hearted, pastoral kind of scene. But the reason that God is doing that is to answer the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. Do you, do you understand that line from that Christmas song? The hopes and fears of all the years, that includes 2020. The, whoever wrote that song had no idea that 2020 would be what it has been for us. 2020 has been a year of hopes and fears. And the answers, the answer to the hopes and fears for us in 2020 is met in thee, is found in Christ. He's the answer to the hopes and fears for us. See, God sent Jesus not, not because his birth accomplished salvation, but that he had to be born in order to die. The greatest blessing to mankind was the gift of Jesus 
And if it's more blessed to give than to receive, God is going to occupy the place of the most blessed one. And so he outranks every other giver by giving his son Jesus. The Bible says, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. He was, he was the gift that provides for us. And this is what we celebrate these time, this time of year. So Jesus didn't just say it is more blessed to give than to receive. He was the more blessed gift. And that's the gift that brings us life and eternal life. His life was the ultimate example. And his life was the ultimate gift. We celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. But the birth of Jesus Christ came about because the death of Jesus Christ was going to be necessary. And I know that's a sobering thought on the week of Christmas, but that's an important thought for us to remember. So our receiving this gift results in the greatest of blessing. There is joy in receiving the gift of Christ. And I know most of you in here well enough to actually even know your personal salvation story. But if you are here this morning and you've never received the gift that God gave it through His Son, Jesus Christ, then your greatest blessing comes in receiving that gift. Your hopes and fears are met in Christ. This year... You're celebrating Christmas, and so don't, don't think in terms of having to do two different holidays, the secular gift-giving one, and then the one where you, before you open all of your presents, stop and read Luke chapter 2. Let all of it be a celebration of the greatest gift that has ever been given. Let all of your celebrating be part of the worship that you do over Christmas time this year. Let the feasting be part of your Christian worship and let the giving be part of your Christian worship. Sing together, feast together, celebrate together. The old phrase, make merry. Make merry together. Give and receive gifts and let them remind you of the greatest gift that was ever given. It is more blessed to give than to receive and God is the most blessed giver and he's given us his son, Jesus Christ. And your hopes and fears brothers and sisters, are met in that gift, Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. I'm going to take a moment now and pray. And I want you to take a moment and ask God to give you a Christian perspective on gifts and giving and receiving of gifts this year. Maybe you've been just purely selfish and materialistic and thoughtful up till now, the answer isn't to stop giving gifts. The answer is to be a gift giver like God. So let me give you just a few moments there for you to pray and ask the Lord to help you be a good gift giver and a good gift receiver. If you have children, to be teaching them to be a good gift giver and receiver. Father, I pray as we conclude our time together here this morning that we would be thankful and full in our hearts and minds from the gift that your son has been for us. I pray that our joy and contentment would come from that gift 
and that all the other gift giving and receiving that we do would flow out of the reality of the greatest gift that's ever been given. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I know this is not in our service order, but is it a little town of Bethlehem? Is that the song that I was quoting, the hopes and fears of all the years I met and knew tonight? It is. Can we, can we sing that together, Josh and Paula? Can I invite you all up here? What, what page number is that? We'll just sing it right out of the hymnal. Miss Karen's going to be the first one to find it. Let's, let's sing that together. I, I think we'll sing that together. Let me give, I, I, like I said, this is totally springing it on. 250. Is it a key, Paula, that we can do it in? She says 250. What's that? Is that a hard one? I don't know. Sometimes when there's a lot of things at the beginning of the, in the little lines, and then there's a bunch of things, that makes it really hard. But I have a feeling we can do it. But brothers and sisters, as we sing this song together this morning, let's give thought to that line that the hopes and fears of all the years are met in Jesus Christ as he is born for us. Okay, let's stand and we'll sing together. And then after we sing, I'll ask Will to come and close our service in prayer.